A very interesting conversation was had between Brian Flores and Brian Gumble about the conversation that Brian Flores had with Mike Tomlin that led him to be the new Steelers linebacker coach slash senior defensive assistant. I want to talk about what's been revealed so far. If you haven't watched the full interview, do go check out Real Sports with Brian Gumble on HBO Sports. But we, I want to talk about what we know of what Brian Flores said and how that plays into what Mike Tomlin has done for the Steelers, who he is to the league, and how I think that plays into a lot of different roles here and what the Steelers are building into in the post-Ben Roethlisberger area. I'm the, I'm the I'm the host of the Lockdown Steelers podcast, Christopher Carter. Joining me today will be Tony Serino. He's back on the show. It's going to be a fun one. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Hit the like button on this video. If you're watching it on YouTube, hit the subscribe button for all of our daily content that is on our YouTube channel. We also want to remind you, if you want to help out the show, leave us a five-star review with a positive comment on Apple Podcasts, and you'll get a special shout-out at the end of the show. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day. Joining me is an old friend, an old buddy we ain't seen in quite some time, Tony Serino. It's back on the show. What's up, Tony? I'm happy to be back. Listen, you know, I've been watching the show since I've been gone. I know I've been gone for a couple of weeks now. You got some big names on the show. You know, you got you had, you had Kaboli on the other day. Wes has been on. <laughs> Josh, you get, Tony Tuesday all of a sudden might be a little downgrade for everybody out there. I apologize. I apologize. Listen, this it's no downgrade anytime that you're a part of the show. The biggest complaint we have is that you not being able to come on Tuesdays means that we have to make West Wednesdays, West Tuesdays, and Tony Tuesdays, wet, uh, Tony Wednesdays. Ooh. And it doesn't make sense. It's, 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 it's tough. That's a it's tough, tough one. But, you, you know, that's a lot of that happens because Tony does a lot of great work on the AFC North Talk podcast and schedules conflict. So do check out his work with the AFC North Talk podcast because it's a lot of great stuff. But, Tony. Let's talk about this interview because yeah. I thought this this interview um, and to be to be full to be fully clear we haven't seen the full thing yet we are, I'm recording this on Tuesday I have to cover a Tuesday or on a, a Tuesday night basketball game where Pitt's taking on Miami so I can't record too late into the evening but I wanted to talk about this uh, now because we do have snippets that have been leaked to the mm -hmm. media of what's been said and just these snippets are fascinating about what's been said and what Brian Flores revealed to Bryant Gumble in this interview um you can find some of these snippets um tweeted out Brooke, Brooke Pryor tweeted out a, a really good collection of them uh Brooke Pryor another of our, of our guests uh, from ESPN um but Brooke Pryor pointed out you know in Brian Flores' interview with Bryant Gumble um Flores said that the Steelers job just kind of came together quickly for him he said it all happened very fast I was talking to coach Tomlin Thursday it was a little bit more of a conversation on Friday and then I accepted the job Friday evening and he said originally he just called Tomlin to get advice on his situation he said and quote he said I was thinking about the next steps for me from a coaching standpoint and then that conversation turned into an opportunity there in Pittsburgh um and when when Bryant Gumble was was asked uh, you know was asking you know what it, do you think that coach Tomlin threw you a lifeline he said I'm a very capable coach in this league but I do feel like he saw a situation where there was a very experienced coach who could help his staff who was also a black coach in the league and I think that that kind of speaks to what we're talking about. And Tony, lots to unpack there. We'll get yeah. to the, that, that last part in a bit, but it seems very like, uh, like illuminating 
that yeah. a, a, a head coach who before this lawsuit came up, everyone was saying, Brian Flores, he's one of the young promising coaches in the NFL. He's a Belichick's disciple and all this other great stuff. Um, is saying the only, I, the only good Belichick disciple, by the, the way. Right, and the only yeah. one that's, that's yeah. been, that, that anyone's talking positively about right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, you know, other than Mike Vrabel, he, he, he oh no, Mike Vrabel's not a coaching disciple. What am I saying? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm messing myself up. He played there. Yeah. Uh, yep. But anyways, point, only good coaching disciple of Bill Belichick that's out there right now. But point being, he called Mike Tomlin to for 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 mentoring and advice. That's that's I think that says a lot. Absolutely no, it, it certainly speaks to to you know kind of how Tomlin is thought of uh, around the league, and it, it it does speak to this conversation because or to to kind of how this whole god thing got done because I had just assumed that you know Tomlin sees a, a an opening of the linebacker position says hey you know does Flores want to come in and, and be a, you know, be a position coach right now. This is a guy who was a, a former head coach and a pretty good head coach. I mean, look, I understand at the end there with Miami, you know, they put out all that stuff about how hard he was to work with and, you know, how he had a losing record while he was there. Like, he didn't have a lot of talent while he was there. In fact, right. You know, and that's, that's a lot, a large part of that lawsuit is about the fact that they didn't want to surround him with talent. They wanted him to lose football games and he, you know, he basically refused to do so. So this is a very, very good coach. And I think, you know, for, for me, when I saw it, when I saw that that Florida was originally hired, my my surprise was, oh wow, I'm surprised he's going to go and take a position coach job right now. When you know, certainly you know, head coaching jobs should be on the table for him, or at least a coordinator job. But to see it, it happened the other way, right? Where he kind of reached out to Tomlin, not for a job, right. but just to say, hey man, like I need advice on where where my career is headed right now in this league. And Tomlin kind of turns that into, and then, by the way, Chris, in a incredibly short span here, I mean, in like a day, right? yeah, they go from having a conversation about the future of, of Brian Flores and how, where he should take his career from here to, Oh, by the way. Yeah. Now you're the linebacker coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers speaks to, to Tomlin, the organization, uh, you know, our Rooney ever, you know, th- this whole thing, how quickly this came together and how much this team, we've seen this in the past, that, that all of the, all, all of the kind of, Oh, you know, he's going to be a distraction in this way or that way. The team, he's a great coach and he is going to be a good coach for this team. And that is all that really matters. Um, and, and I respect the Steelers for that. I, I respect the Steelers a ton, and I, I think when you're go, when you're talking about um, about you know who Brian Flores is, this guy wasn't known as some distraction in you know New England for more than a decade. If right. he was, do you think Bill Belichick would have had him around? Like, right. like, like, come on, what, what are we doing? I, I think people that want to push that narrative that oh he's a distraction, you know, you don't have any evidence that 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 shows that. If he was such a distraction, why is he the only Miami head coach uh, since 2002 to have back to back winning seasons and again with a team that didn't have much talent with a team in an organization that was wanting to pay him hundreds of thousands of dollars to lose football games and somehow he was still putting out a winning football team all of this lines up for me tony to show that you know one Brian Flores, you know, was, you know, it was just kind of looking around. He didn't know what his opportunities were. And like most people, I think the, the, the main response when, when, his, when his news came out about the lawsuit was he's done, he's not getting a job again, you know, at least this year, maybe, maybe down the road somewhere, but he's, but it, it'll probably be somewhere like the Houston Texans where he's not given a real chance and, you know, kind of gets railroaded and that, and that'll be his career, but he's trying to figure that out. And here you end up in one of the crown jewel organizations of the NFL working under you know, the longest tenured black head coach in the NFL. Yeah. Um, we, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I think it's, it speaks volumes to, you know, making the Steelers being able to make that work in such short order, but it speaks volumes to, I think the pull that Mike Tomlin has to not only be the person that, that he receives that call, but then to be like, Hey man, just come over here. And yeah. with, and within, within, within less than 48 hours, 
Brian Flores is, is, is a coach for the Steelers again. And, and that now explains why I said this when the, when the report initially came out. You know, I'm in the Steelers practice facility. I talk to all the Steelers beat writers. We have several of them on the show, you know, every week. But nobody, and I mean no, not Adam Schefter, not Ian Rapp, nobody knew about this. And why? It was purely done for Mike Tomlin talking to this guy. That, that shows the respect and the influence that he has developed throughout the league. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of criticism of Tomlin in Pittsburgh. But, and I guess, you know, this happens, you know, throughout the league and other places too. But, like, you know, it is kind of unique where that's really the only place Tomlin is criticized. You know, you'll have the, the segments here and there on, like, Colin Coward and the kind of the hot take shows. Yeah. Uh, the nationally syndicated hot take shows where they do the whole, like, you know, you know, you know no one's done less with more than Mike Tomlin. You know, that kind of, that talk is always out there. It certainly comes up whenever the Steelers lose a playoff game. But generally speaking, like around, you know, when I when, when we do AFC North talk, you know, Mike Tomlin will either be, when we do the head coach rankings this year, Mike Tomlin will either be one or two, depending on how people are feeling about John Harbaugh. And I'm I'm sure Ace is going to make the case that Zach Taylor is not the best head coach in the AFC North. But regard, you know what I mean? Regardless, okay. like, Mike, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mike Tomlin is, is widely regarded throughout the league as a great, not a good, a great head coach. Not, not just by, and, and you know, he, he's so well respected, not just by other coaches, but by the players. I mean, look, you know, Ray Ray McLeod said, uh, I think in an interview uh, today or yesterday, he said, you know, I, 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 Tomlin's the only coach I want to go play for. Like, I want to resign with the Steelers because I want to play for Mike Tomlin. Um, and I think, you know, why I think one of the big reasons why Brian Flores, you know, did kind of come in. Look, he's, he took a – this is a big downgrade. He's going from head coach to position to position coach. You, know, you do that because I want to coach with Mike Tomlin. I want to coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, again, it speaks to the respect that he has throughout the league. It certainly does. I want to keep talking about this a little bit more because also there's other things that have come up, come up, come up with this, uh, including the last part about this, where Brian Flores, you know, being asked, you know, if Mike Tomlin threw him a lifeline and the roles of, you know, what was he, what, why was he chosen for the steel for by for, you know by the Steelers and by Mike Tomlin, you know that I think there's some interesting components to that conversation as well. But we'll get to that in just a bit. First, I got to talk to you guys about BetOnline.net. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is full steam ahead with both pro and college hoops well underway. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline reigns the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey boxing, and UFC odds right down to Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action at betonline.net, where the game starts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Tony Serino for a Tony Wednesday, because he can't get his days right this week. Um, <laughs> but uh, in, in all seriousness, we're, we're always happy to have Tony here because um, he's he's a he's a joy to have on the show. Uh, before we continue, I wanted to I wanted to, to mention and I, I know you saw that Mark Caboli's on. Did you see Mark Caboli's challenge to your hype train builds? Uh, oh, you, no. You have the Trubisky train. He now has the Wentz wagon because he thinks Carson Wentz needs to be oh. the next Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. What do you say to that, sir? I, I love, listen, I loved what Carson Wentz did in week 18, helped the Steelers out big time. <laughs> he really did. And maybe we should, you know, like we should certainly build him like a small statue next to like Ben's ben statue. It's a little, you know what I mean? Like it's like we built like, a statue for with Ben. Legos. Like, look at everything he did. And like, look what Carson Wentz did for, for Ben. You know what I mean? Like he helped him out there. Um, but that's about as far as I'm willing to go <laughs> as praising Carson Wentz and his, uh, his opportunities in Pittsburgh. Oh, that's funny. Anyways, okay, back to the serious conversation at hand. Um, again, Tony, 
one thing that, that came with this and uh you know it was it was it was brought to my attention uh by a good friend of mine justin uh who posted under my my tweet about tomlin and respect and influence in the nfl and he, he posted an article saying you know sean McVay called him a mentor as well the week yeah. before the super bowl sean McVay, who's now one of those super bowl winning head coaches that everyone wants to get their hands on in the nfl yeah. um you know, and, and there was a podcast. I forget the name of the podcast, Tony, but there was a podcast where he was he was talking with Raheem Morris and Mike Tomlin, and they were just just talking like they were boys. And you can hear the respect when people talk about Mike Mike Tomlin, but not and, and not like a feared respect, but like a I love that man. I like I want to work with that man, and I love to learn from that man. And yeah. it, it, it again, it shows this side of Mike Tomlin. You know, like you said, there's always these pushes, these narratives that Mike Tomlin stinks. He's a cheerleader. He's an egomaniac. He he doesn't yeah. call any of the plays. He does call all of the plays. Mm -hmm. There's just all these complaints to blame him for whatever bad happens. And when something good happens, it's not it's it's not to his credit. But when you know, but you know, when you talk to people around the league, when you talk to other coaches who have interacted with him, who've gotten to know him, and Sean McVay, he's never coached on the Steelers. He's never he's never worked on the team, but he knows of Tomlin because of his reputation and. Uh, and, and the relationship that he has and the respect that he gains from just getting to know people. Najee Harris, you listen to his interview with Adam Schefter before being drafted last year. And he said the person who just sparked up to me the most was Mike Tomlin. You know, there's that kind of thing. It does get you points in rooms where you're where people are deciding, where do I want to go coach? Where do I want to go play? And, you know, sometimes people are like, well, why doesn't it get you all the greatest defensive, you know, assistance in the history of mankind? It's like, yeah, it doesn't work like that because everybody, you know, there's there's 32 teams and there's different opportunities around the NFL. But clearly there is there is a serious level of respect that is there. And I just I find it odd that that doesn't get brought up enough. Um, you know, in, in these other conversations, you know, you're absolutely right. I, I think, I think the way that McVeigh, that the podcast you're talking about, it's a great podcast. It was, la it was yes. done last year by the ringer. It's called flying coach. Everyone yes. should go listen to it. Fantastic show. They had Mike Tomlin and Raheem Morris on together. Raheem Morris and Mike Tomlin, great friends. I guess they go back to their days in Tampa. Yes. The Buccaneers. Uh, yeah. And which I think is how McVeigh knows Tomlin. Cause he knows Tomlin through Raheem Morris right. from their time at Tampa. Cause I think, I think McVeigh and Morris coach at the same time in mm -hmm. Tampa at one point, mm -hmm. you know, this is how these coaching, coaching trees, trees are wild, work. man. They, yeah, they exactly. branch everywhere. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So I, I mean, like we talked about, you know, Tomlin is well-respected throughout the league. Now, his, as far as his, you know, his, whether or not he has a coaching tree and all that, it's fun though. Have you, have you heard the new thing, Chris, is What's that, uh, he doesn't have the budget to have a coaching tree. Oh, see? that's yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that statement. Uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's all it's all silliness. Um, no, I I think yeah that 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 McVeigh, you know, kind of McVeigh talking about Tomlin and, and how much he respects him. Again, you know, look, we in Pittsburgh have to remember as as fans of the Steelers, like we we are we. The Steelers are the most winning franchise, right? They have the most Super Bowls. We Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season, okay? And so every time you want to talk about firing this coach, like again, understand like th th this is not the Cincinnati Bengals. This is not a team that was two and fourteen right. two years ago, right? A bad season in Pittsburgh is the one the Steelers just had, right? People said nine like, seven and one, nine seven and one, and they got bounced early from the playoffs. Like that's not a bad season. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. And so I think I think Steelers fans do need to realize that, and understand what Tomlin has done for this team. Um, you know, and because he's going to be a big part of the future of this organization now. I mean, like, you know, finding the, the, the successor to Ben Roethlisberger, right, and, and and kind of building whatever this whatever this future is going to look like. You know, that that is that is Mike Tomlin's a number one job now. And I have to tell you, we've just seen what he can do without a quarterback because Ben Roethlisberger was not very good. Nope. I look forward to the days of what Mike Tomlin can do. You know, when, when he gets a quarterback he he likes and can build around. Um, yeah, I, th I think Mike Tomlin has certainly earned the respect he has around the league.
That that's something else I want to talk about later this week. Uh, when as we as we're wrapping things up through, throughout the week, but I want to talk about you know the prospect of people are talking about how how terrible it's about to be if they if Mason Runeup has to be a starter. And I'm like, guys, you know, it was pretty bad with Ben last year. It was it was <laughs> Ryan pretty, Clark's I, I, comments. Like, did you see Did you see Ryan Clark's comments? Uh oh, his he won't know he will he won't be able to love the Steelers the same way, and I'm like it won't be the same. Well, I, I I wish I had. Oh, I do have right here. We go. If Mason Rudolph is the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers entering 2022, they are no longer the Pittsburgh Steelers I love or the fans of Pittsburgh love. Whew. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, but it, but again, sensationalism. I, I get it. Ryan Ryan wants to be sensational. Yeah. Uh, because he's he's with ESPN, and and Ryan, I say that with all due respect to Ryan Clark because. He is. He does a great job, I think, on ESPN. I think he's a great personality. He's fun to listen to, and there's a lot of things that I think that like, I, I disagree with some of his things. Most things I agree with that he says, but even when he did, when I don't, when I disagree with him, I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll give, I'll give you that one. But I think, I think it is, it is important to like kind of take a step back right now and just remember that we are in the post Super Bowl time. There's no free agency talk yet. There's no nope. nothing. That, there's nothing to talk about. Nope. Right? There's nothing. Everyone, everyone's reaching right now. Point. So exactly. So you got to come up with like the craziest take you can come up with. That's why we saw, you know, the thing, the, the, what was it like a week ago where the guy said, you know, Pat Mahomes is the sixth best quarterback in the NFL and stuff like that. Like, oh, you know, yeah. we're in, we're in the crazy, we're in, we're in the crazy space and it'll, it'll, it'll end as soon as free agency starts. And then it'll start up again in June when again, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's why we try not to do that here on yeah, the Locked on yeah. Steelers podcast, that's because we want to give you actual conversations that aren't just, you know, is Michael Jordan the greatest of all time? Like, like we're not doing that here. But I want to get back. Yeah, to let's it. debate LeBron versus Jordan real quick. If you <laughs> on lost <laughs> on the lockdown Steelers podcast. But point being about the Flores situation, I want to get your thought on this. You know, Flores comment, you know, and asking if he thought that Coach Tomlin threw him a lifeline, and he said he, he noticed that. You know, he said, yeah, well, you know, it was, it was a situation where a very experienced coach could help his staff, and also a black coach in the yeah. league. And, you know, you think that speaks to what we're talking about. This is why, you know, I'm I, I feel bad that I'm talking about this before watching this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But it oh, that opens up some thoughts there because, you know, everyone's thoughts, you know, like the impact of this hire, not just for the sake of Brian Flores being this experienced coach who coached under Belichick for more than a decade and became a head coach in Miami and developed this really good reputation, you know, as a hardworking dude who can who pulls a lot out of his guys, you know. Sure, that's a great part of this. But the other part of this is the obvious lawsuit that he's putting against the NFL and the Steelers bringing him on. Well, that lawsuit is still very much pending. And and, and there's a lot of things that go with that. Um, It comes down to me where the Steelers have been on the forefront of providing opportunities to to black coaches to black scouts to you know historically black colleges and universities when the, when when they were being neglected uh mm-hmm. you know in this in the 70s they've they haven't been scared to do this before and certainly there's times where they could have done more for something like you know a lot of people said they should have brought in Colin Kaepernick and all and, and, and all that kind of stuff right but you know and and I'm not dismissing that but this is another example where the Rooney family, is is putting it is putting it out there and and apparently you know the Rooney family they signed off on this after Tomlin pulled this guy in you know it it to me it does show that there is a you know that there is an air about the Steelers where they care about those things but I don't think it should be overplayed about that role as much as this is a perfect fit of yes we are doing the right thing and giving this man the job but also right. we're not just hiring a guy we're hiring a guy that, that everyone w- would have wanted to hire had. Right. This situation that played out the way it did. And to be honest, 
if the Giants did, if if the Giants situation hadn't, they hadn't interviewed him just to interview him after they'd already given the job to to the uh, to Brian David or Dubout or whatever. Yeah. You know, thank you. I couldn't th- think of, think of his last name for a second. But if they hadn't done that, and then Bill Belichick accidentally exposed that, if they hadn't done done that situation, he's right. not suing the league right now, and maybe he is with some someone else under with without these pretenses right now. I just think this is a mix of fitting the right moment for the right thing to do, but also the better thing to do for your team. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a win-win, right? Because, it, you know, first of all, he is going to be a great, I mean, he he's a great hire, a great person to have in the room. You know what his title, I think is what linebacker coach slash senior defensive, defensive senior assistant. assistant. Yeah. 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 So, you know, so he, he'll probably, it's, you know, it's all Fort Knox when it comes to like who, who designs the game plans and who calls all the plays and all that stuff. Doesn't matter. He's going to be in the room, right? I mean, we know that he's going to have a voice, not just with the linebackers, but with the with the defense and kind of how it's constructed overall. He's certainly going to have. I mean, you know, I think Tomlin is probably going to lean on Flores, his experience in roster building and what he did in Miami, because that defense in Miami was very good for for uh, for the pretty much the entirety of Flores' tenure there. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you know, all the stuff about the, the lawsuit. Look, I don't think anyone expected after, and I'm certain, I'm certain, and I'm I'm certain Flores will talk about this on that show tonight, right? When, when he filed that lawsuit with the NFL, you know, he, he went out and said, like, I, I know that I am ruining my chances yep. to get another yep. job in this league, right? I mean, look, you sue your employer. It's not like, all right, and when do I, uh, what, when do I come in again? Uh, you know, that's just not, it's just not how it works. And so it, again, it, it, yeah, like you said, it, it speaks to the Steelers and the fact that they were kind of, look, I don't think, I don't think the fact that they wanted to kind of prove a point about his lawsuit was, was first and foremost on their mind when they made the hire, they made the hire because Brian Flores is a great, he's, he's a great coach. Yeah. Yeah, and and like and you can and to get someone like that, you know, I mean, it is kind of to go on the offensive side, right? I mean, it's like getting Mike Munchak to be your offensive line coach. I mean, Mike right. Munchak, you know, maybe not, it wasn't a great head coach, but he was he was of that caliber. Yeah. So getting him in there, like it, it made a ton of sense. And I think for for Brian Flores, like the Steelers were able to put all the lawsuit stuff and all that. Then there's the whole Minka side of this, which I don't know if you mm-hmm. touched on that yet. It gets very silly when you you know when people start talking about that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I guess there there is that aspect of it. Those two didn't like each other in Miami by all reports. Put all that aside because we're going to get a great coaching here, and all the other stuff doesn't matter, right? This is an organization that's about winning football games, and and you know all the the kind of nonsense outside of it. Keep that where it is. No, I, I I think so too. Uh, you know, it, and, and 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 to be fair, you know, Tony's not saying it's nonsense. You know what? Uh, you know what Flores is trying to do in the NFL. Oh no 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 yeah. I mean, no no. I, I'm just I, I I heard you right, but I want to make sure because I know some people will take those words and flip them and say what'd you say? That Tony's simply saying you know what other people are trying to make about Brian Flores that he's this troublemaker or he's this this you know this liar exactly. or this the Steelers don't care about that. And here's the other thing that I know: the Steelers are a well-connected organization. They know who's who around the league and they talk to people. If they had any inkling that Brian Flores was this distraction guy. He would not be he would not be around. And also, I mean, he, he wouldn't have been a guy that everyone would be talking about all the time, nor would he have, again, lasted in New England for more than a decade as a as a distraction type of coach. Um, right. Yeah. What, what I meant by yeah, to, just to clarify here, what I meant yes. by nonsense. Look, the Dolphins clearly put out a hit piece about him right mm-hmm. after he got fired. You know, all he you know, he had this massive problem with Tua, massive problem with Chris Greer, the general manager. Right. You know, he's you know, and, and kind of that all of that nonsense has been brought up. And then you have the, the whole like, oh, he hated Minka, too. Right. How are they going to bring this? In? That's what I meant. Obviously, his lawsuit and everything that comes to that, you know, that that needs right. to go through uh, the, the, the correct process. That is not nonsense. Right. And I, I agree. Just making sure that people understood yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what, you know, what, what you were that. saying there. Um, but OK, we've talked a lot about Flores. I want to talk about something else that Kevin Colbert said the other day, and it was which classes are deep versus not deep and how that might impact the Steelers draft strategy. I'm sure we're not going to 
be done talking about that for the next, I don't know, three months. Um, <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, it, it is something that's important. But first, we got to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Of course, y'all know it's the time of the year where people start to give up their New Year's resolutions. So if you want to keep up that resolution to eat right, go to Built Bar because Built Bar is going to help you eat, keep that resolution because you'll actually enjoy eating these protein bars. Have you tried their Puffs flavors? Well, if you haven't, you're missing out because these are the best tasting Built Bars of all time. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat that's covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite that come with several incredible flavors, including yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, and so many more flavors. These are about to be your new favorites. And they're again, they're covered in 100% real chocolate while packing 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four net carbs, while 17 grams of protein. Compare that to the average candy bar of 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. This is a such a good treat for you. That's good for you, but also tastes awesome. And there's also several other flavors. Even if you don't want to try the puffs, you got coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, double chocolate, salted caramel, mint brownie, and so many more. To check out all their flavors that they have that are updating every month, go to built.com and you can order built bars to be delivered right to your door. When you go to built.com, be sure to use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L O C K E D 1 5, LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order of built bars at built.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter here with Tony Serino for a Tony Tuesday. Well, Tony Wednesday. I see. I, I want to do it. I want to do it. It's just. It's not right. It's not right. It's not. It's, it's your not fault. right. I, yeah, I apologize. That's <laughs> on me. That's you one. But anyways, um, I, I wanted to get to this list that Kevin Colbert released, um, or, or basically said what he feels about this upcoming draft class. Um, and, and essentially, he feels like the deep positions of this class are wide receiver offensive tackle, cornerback, and outside linebacker, whereas the not-so-deep positions are guard, center, and defensive tackles. Now, this says a lot to me. This this, this yeah. says that, hey, you know, the Steelers need to address their offensive line, and they they maybe they need a center. He spoke about Kendrick Green a bit, you know, talking about, you know, whether he's going to be a guard or a center, this, that, and a third, but to say that the that the offensive tackle class is deep and guard center is not, some people might take that as well. You got to go for the, the, the offensive tackle up top. It, that might mean the Steelers might be like, "Hey, we need to get one of those top guys at the interior offensive line positions in the first round." Because once you get to the second and third rounds, it's it's you know it's going to be not a good situation. Whereas you know when it comes to offensive tackle, maybe you can get a second or third round guy and feel good about that. I think everyone. Um, Tony, I, I think the consensus so far amongst the NFL draft crowd is that your top three inside offensive linemen are is guard Kenyon Green of Texas A&M, center yep. Tyler Linderbaum of Iowa, and you know Zion Johnson has put himself into that mix as the guard from BC who played center in the Senior Bowl. Um, all three of those guys, big physical dudes with good reputations. But after that, it's a steep drop off. You know, you start getting to guys like Jamari Sawyer from Georgia, Darian Kinnard from Kentucky, you know, and, and guys that aren't as surefire bets as those ones. Mm -hmm. Do you read this as, you know, specifically to the offensive line? We'll get to the other positions in a bit. But do you read this as, you know, the Steelers might, this might mean they have to go for one of those guys in the first round? Or do you read this as, you know what, offensive tackle is just better. We're just going to go with that and rely on free agency for center. Well, you haven't had me on in a couple of weeks, and I, I I apologize. I haven't told you this, but I'm uh, I'm all in on the Steelers are drafting Malik Willis in the first round. There's just Whoa! no doubt. Yeah, there's just no doubt in my mind. Like, Breaking news. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm sure you talked about this. I mean, the, the whole thing at the Senior Bowl, you know, all the talk coming out of it. Daniel Jeremiah talked about it. Uh, I think Thor Nystrom of NBC talked about it. I mean, there was all those shots of like Tomlin and everyone just like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fawning over Malik Willis. And I just keep going back to the idea, like, no, you know, the Steelers don't make a secret about who they really like in the first. They don't. Round. They, they they make it very. I mean, everyone knew not Najee Harris, Devin Bush. Like they were, we knew who their first round picks are going to be. The last time, two times they've had first round picks. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I mean, look, you know, Terrell Edmonds happened for sure, but you do wonder, like, if Vander Asher, because like that you drafted was like Vander Asher and, and Rashawn yeah. Evans were the two mm-hmm. names. Neither of them were on the board. You do wonder, like, if they were on the board. By the way, guess who? To what two names you just said that are free agents this year? Oh, are they both? Yeah. Oh. Well, Van Der Esch is always hurt. Yes. And Rashawn Evans was not good, right? Yeah, he was like, eh, okay. I remember, yeah, because I, I watching the Tennessee game, he I don't think I remember him out there. Wasn't good. Uh, yeah. Uh so I mean, as far as like, you know, this class, I think you're rebuilding the offensive line. Where do you want to start with a rebuild like this? You know, the Steelers started last year with center and tackle. Right mm-hmm. now, the big question is it, did they actually land a tackle in Kendrick Green? Or do they need to move him to guard? Do you go back to that well two years in a row? That's my one worry with the Lindebaum thing. It's like I would love. I think obviously, like everyone who watches the Lindebaum tape, you know, you just are like, yeah, sign me up. Yep, whatever I got to do to get that kid. Um, but I do wonder about the Steelers and and whether or not they want to do that. Do they see it the same way? Do they see the idea that like, hey, we took Kendrick Green in the third round last year, and we're gonna go right back and we're gonna admit that mistake in one season and go right back into the well the next season in the first round, two rounds higher. We're gonna go to get that to get that guy again. I don't know if they're going to go there. Tackle makes more sense to me. I could definitely see the Steelers taking a tackle in the first round because if Chooks leaves, you got to – I mean, I mean, who's who's going to be Zach Banner? Yeah. It's not going to be Zach Banner, right? Um, so I could definitely see that. No, I agree yeah. with you. I, yeah. I, I I could see that. And to me, there are there are four guys in the first round that I would not complain about if they end up getting now two guys, they're not even going to sniff. I came at Kwan Yu from NC state, Evan Neal from Alabama. Those two guys are going top 10. I don't see that any way that they, that they sneak, you know, anywhere even close to 20, but the I two guys cross goes, cross goes too. I think, I think cross is in that mix too. Now I've, here's the thing. I've seen mixed reviews on cross. I've seen some people say that Trevor Penning's better than him, you know, or really? right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's again, mixed bag. Everyone's got their hot takes as far as draft analysis and, and things like that right now. But we, you know, we talked about how, like I did a mock draft Monday and the winner Clint Fritz this week, uh, he had he got Charles Cross without even trading up in uh in, in the Pro Football Network uh, uh simulator. And again, those simulators we know they're not they're not real. Yeah. It's just, but it's just yeah. but you know the possibility of getting one of those guys. But you know if you're looking at a Charles Cross or a Trevor Penning in the first round, I consider that a win for this for for this team as far as needing to build the offensive line. Now, do they get center help? Do they get guard help? Maybe they trade up to get Zion Johnson in the second round because I don't think he lasts to their next pick in the, in in the draft if he's sitting around there. Um, or maybe you say, you know what? We got Kevin Dotson coming back. Kendrick Green's going to at least be a guard or a center. Um, and maybe you go sign a Ryan Jensen or a Ben Jones or any of the guys that are sitting there in free agency right now at the center position and, and you know address it other ways. So. There's opportunities here for this offensive line, but to me, it still has to be a focus. They have to have a coordinated plan to say, hey, we're either getting this guy or this guy, and if none of these are there, we have to have a backup plan in place. And that's always the tricky part of doing free agency before the NFL draft. Am I crazy to think that there is a there is a real possibility in this draft class that the Steelers don't go quarterback or offensive line in the first round, they go corner instead? So I do think corner is a big I, I wouldn't put it out the realm of possibility. Witherspoon walks, and I think there's a chance Witherspoon walks because he's going to get some. He's going to get some offers. Mm. 
Uh, this is a good corner class. This is a really good corner class, especially at the top. Very good corner class. And, and that's the that's one of the groups that I know Kevin Colbert has to be salivating over. And it's a tricky year because, you know, everyone's going to be talking about the offensive line. Everyone's talking about these guys. But you, you got two guys at the top that you're not touching. You know, Derek Stingley Jr., Andrew Booth Jr., both phenomenal guys. They're, they're going to be gone. Yeah. Um, but there's the chance of you getting a sauce, Ahmad Gardner of, of, of Cincinnati. Do you like Rodgers? sauce? I like sauce. I'm you know who sauce reminds me of? He's around you. He reminds me of my boy. And oh, no, no, don't you stay greedy. He no, does, though, he doesn't, doesn't he? Because he's, look, he's not a super, he's not like a super physical in the, you know, in the trenches. Like, look, Ooh. the Steelers have a type at corner where they want the guy to be in there. This know, is true. And run support and all that. You know, Sauce, everyone talks about his frame and all stuff. You know, he's, he's, he's definitely not that guy today. Could he bulk up a little bit? Maybe. But he does mm. remind me a little bit of greedy. And I like him a lot. I just don't know if the Steelers like him. Red, red flag. Tony <laughs> likes the corner. It's a, we're in trouble. Um, I said on AFC North Talk this week, I'm not going to lie. I don't like anyone in this draft because everyone I like always ends up on the Browns or the Bengals or the Ravens. And then they're, and then they're like, like Greg Newsom and then they're lighting it up. And it, exactly. I don't, I, I don't need that. You know, I, I really liked Grant Delpin in the one draft. And, you know, I don't, I just don't. I'm... But, but there's also Roger McCreary, who, again, I, I think if they end up with either of those guys, you're a happy camper. I you, love, uh, I love as, McCreary. As Steelers. Like you, you look at you look at his tape, you look at what he does in man coverage and how he you can you can put that guy on an island. Now, the tricky thing about this, Tony, is you know, they're building a defense for the future and they need this defense to be competitive next year. They need this defense to be elite. Betting on a rookie corner as your starting start starting outside guy, that could come with a lot more roller coasters in in, in the mix. But yeah. at the same time, if you get a young corner who's going to be a pillar of your defense for the next eight to 10 years and a guy that you want to keep around and he develops into the, being that guy. Then all of a sudden you're looking at the next year, having your, your number one corner locked up. Cause you spent that. You finally got it right in the first round drafting the right cornerback. You still got TJ Watt. You still got Minka. You still got cam. Maybe you got to it. Maybe you got Bush. Maybe you got Highsmith. And maybe you signed another corner on top of that. Who's sticking around. Then all of a sudden you have a lot of really good pieces. And that's why I don't think cornerbacks out of play at all in the first round, as much as we do talk about quarterback and offensive line and who they should pick there. Quarterback, cornerback, and I think even though he said outside linebackers, I think off-ball linebackers should be in the mix too. You know, there's there's talk. You know, I hear so many different reviews on Devin Lloyd out of Utah. You know, and, and where he might go. I, I like Nicobe Dean, but I think he's you know, he's a little smaller and faster. And they need a bigger guy. Yeah, they need the thumper. He's, he's off. He's, I, wa I watched about thirty seconds of Nicobe Dean. And went not the type, no. not the type the Steelers need. So yeah, right. Right. Yeah. They they need they need a bigger guy. And Devin Lloyd is that guy at 6'3, 235. He does have he does have that kind of a presence. But you could also you could get some other thumpers later in the draft. Christian Harris of Alabama, uh uh, uh Quay Walker, Quay Walker. of, of Georgia. Yeah, I love Chad, Chad Muma of Wyoming. Uh um, you know, I, I I Darian Beavers of Cincinnati. There's guys that you can get without doing that in the first round, and that's why I think linebacker is one that you can wait on. Um, you know, and get, and if corner, and that's why corner might be the sneaky position that the Steelers keep their eye on and take a stab at in the first round, um, instead of going offensive line or quarterback. All right. Two other things I want to talk about. I know we're, I know we're going to run long, but I got two things. Sure. One. Okay. So wide receiver. Yes. It's interesting. He talks about wide receiver being deep because I, I think it is a deep class, although it's not really top heavy at all. In fact, you know, everyone has their own different wide receiver one. Yeah. Um, now the Steelers aren't going to go wide receiver in the first round. I think there's no. basically zero chance of that. But I do think when we start talking about those middle rounds, right? You know, round, I guess second round is a possibility, but probably round three or four. I'd say that's a safer bet. Yeah, it's when you can see them take a wide receiver. There's a lot of good receivers yeah. in that. You know, guys like uh, uh, David Bell, right? George, Christian George Watson. Pickens. What's that? 
Christian 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 Watson of uh of North Dakota State, Sky yeah, yeah. Moore of Western Michigan. Sky Moore's good. Yep. That, yep. The, all those kind of guys. Those I agree with you. Those are guys that if you plug into this offense, and I know again we still we're still gonna be saying, but who's throwing them the football? If they can add another young guy that says like, you know what, we're not pressured into having to pay Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool at the end of their contracts because we have another young face in the room. Mm-hmm. I think that can do it. That, that that can do more than people realize with with what they're building. Now you talk about who the, who's going to throw him the ball. Now if it's not going to be Malik Willis in round one, and here's why I like here, here's why I've kind of come around on Malik Willis. Like okay. I think the Steelers have. I think he's when you look at this quarterback class, he is the one guy where you're like, well, he could. This guy could be a super, like a not just a star, but like his a ceiling. Super, his ceiling is ridiculously high. His ceiling is like sometimes on tape, it's like, yo, this kid could be Patrick Mahomes, like, like, like legitimate. Not like you know we talk about, oh, you know he could be, you know, every quarterback could be Patrick. No, no, no. This kid off platform making throws that you're just like ridiculous. Like, so throw mm-hmm. he made against Louisiana Lafayette off platform, just kind of, you know, guy in his face slings it into the end zone touchdown. You know, he's got a little Josh Allen in him too. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as like just having a gigantic arm and and being it and being mobile, so yeah, I I, I love him. But if they're not going to get him, I tell you who I'm. There's another guy who's not in that group. He's not in the top six. Oh gosh, he's he's, he's quarterback seven in this class on basically everyone's board. Okay. I watched a lot of Bailey Zappy. I think is how you pronounce oh, it. Oh Zappy, yeah, Bailey yeah, yeah. Zappy out of Western Kentucky. You know who he reminds me of. You know who he 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 basically Don't is. You do it. Duck Hodges reincarnate, oh. baby. Let's go. What if I told you you could have Duck Hodges, but he played against like decent enough competition? You know, it doesn't have the strongest arm, but he's this guy. Look, unlike Duck, Duck wasn't very smart with the football, he was a rational confidence guy. Zappy at least understands coverages, knows where to go with the ball, smart, got nice pocket presence. Again, the arm strength is a big issue here. He's never going to be like a gunslinger out there, but man, the more I watch a Bailey Zappy, the more I like him. <laughs> You sir are a wild man. Uh, listen, I, I would if it's if it's if you're talking fourth round, cool. Yeah, like yeah, and and that's the thing. You don't have to. When Kevin Colbert said, "I want four quarterbacks," you know, coming coming to the you know going to training camp. You know, he's talking about, of course, Rudolph and Haskins and a veteran they signed free agency and a rookie. Trubisky. It doesn't have to be a top pick rookie. It could be a later one. You know, another guy, Caleb Ellaby, a guy that you could pick yeah. even later than Bailey Zapp. Listen, I watched Caleb Ellaby dissect the pit defense. Not that that's like some major achievement, <laughs> um, but I, I watched him do it. He's an accurate and athletic quarterback who can go on the move. He's a guy that you could bring into camp, make him a backup, you know, for a year or two. And then if you still haven't found your area, maybe you give him a shot. And if not, if nothing else, he's a career backup for you, can give you some, some interesting looks there at times, you know, but, the Steelers do have to prepare for if, say, in the first round, you know, everyone's talking about how this ain't the year for the quarterback class, but say say teams start reaching. Say Kenny Pickett goes top 10. Say Malik Willis goes top 10. Say uh, Matt Coral and Sam Howell are off the board pretty quickly as well. You know, you're not committing too hard to Desmond Ritter. You're not committing too hard to, you know, to Carson Strong. You know, you're going to you're gonna want to wait. You're going to want to accrue talent in other positions, and that's why I think that maybe you're onto something. One of those later quarterbacks could be in the mix. Um, certainly something that, uh, that, I, that I think that, that Kevin Colbert's going to keep his eye on. But again, with the deep positions being wide receiver, ta- offensive tackle, cornerback, and outside linebacker, there's, I think there's some interesting prospects to what the Steelers could build there. Um, I also, you know, in mentioning outside linebacker and basically edge rushers, um, you know, I wouldn't put it out third or fourth round, maybe even second round. They go there and they go get the guy that's going to back up TJ and mm-hmm. Highsmith because that, that's something that shouldn't be overlooked as an important spot. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, look, I think all the spots he took, all the spots Colbert talked about, 
those are all spots I think the Steelers are ever going to take someone, right? Then they're going to take a corner at some point in this class. They can't not take a corner. I know they didn't take a corner last year, and we all were like, well, what are they going to do at slot? And then, of course, slot was kind of this revolving door all year. They can't afford to do that again because they don't have an outside corner. I mean, they literally, as much as I love James Pierre, you know, <laughs> right. ain't that guy. Uh, so they just they have to take a corner. They probably are gonna they're probably gonna take a wide receiver. I mean, I would, I would guess they do because Juju's probably gonna walk. Mm-hmm. So you got to take a you got to take a wide receiver. Uh, tackle. Yep, got to take one. I mean, again, it's just like last year. You know, you knew they got to take an, they got to take a center. They got there's just they don't have one in free agency, so they had to take one, and they did and they did. So I think all those positions we talked about, as far as the ones that that Colbert, um, you know, said were deep, they're gonna take just a matter of when, not if. When not if is a is a is a very good way to put it because I do think that that's a um, that, that that's going to be something that they're that they're considering um, and just it does depends you know who do they fall how do they rank their big board that'll be the most intriguing thing to see that comes out of the Steelers war room but we got a long 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 off season to talk about that the combine's coming in a couple of weeks though so stay tuned for that we got we're gonna keep talking about this, this draft class and what's going on with Brian Flores Mike Tomlin the Pittsburgh Steelers and you know what what do we want this offense to be next year. Year. That's going to be all the different topics we have. Yeah, right. Yeah, just, just, just give me some joy. Just first downs and touchdowns would be nice. You know, just a little bit of that, a little more of that. Anyway, we ask for so little. Um, but anyways, thanks so much, Tony, for coming on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let me find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country, and you can find me on YouTube. AFC North Talk is a roundtable show all about the AFC North. We are on break right now. Uh, obviously, we did an extended season because the Bengals made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Oh, just a bit short. Called it. Called it. Told, remember when I said there was only a matter of time before they turned back into a pumpkin? Well, it took a little while till about 11.59 p.m., but hey, we got there. Uh, so, yeah, check that show out on YouTube, AFC North Talk. We're back in March just for the start of the league year. Absolutely. Do check him out and follow him on Twitter at Steeler Country. He does a lot of great work. Uh, Tony is the man. That's why we have him all the time on this show. Thank you for tuning into the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can listen to the, the Locked On Steelers podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey. You can watch us on YouTube. If you're watching this video and enjoying it, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button to get all of our daily YouTube content as we air Monday through through Friday for free and we thank you if you want to help out the show even more give us a five-star review with a positive comment and you'll get a shout out at the end of the show uh from our apple music listeners and we have another one today uh last week yesterday we had tequila stealer this this week or the today we have faith 0430 who says i enjoy the discussion gives us five stars and says really good listen to for Steelers fans thank you so much faith for your five-star review and positive comment we always appreciate people who do that we even got another one that'll be coming out on tomorrow's show thank you for, for checking us out you'll see tomorrow's show right here on this on this same channel thanks so much for tuning in we'll be on your screen and in your ears again very soon